0: This is Zeninish.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Kiki, and today, today we will be talking with Mr. Chris James, and Mr. James is a wellness coach who specializes in holistic health with an emphasis on fasting and hydration. So welcome, Mr. James, it's so great to have you.
0: Thank you very much, doctor. I appreciate being here.
1: So today we're going to be talking about fasting, and there's so much information out there about what fasting is and what fasting isn't and the right and wrong way to do it. So we're hoping for a little clarity today on fasting and um, what it can do for the body. So let's jump into the basics. Like, can you help us define what fasting is?
0: Yes, we're going to we're going to be super clear on this. <laughs> um, fasting is simply put, refraining from eating or drinking. Um, You're not going to put anything in your mouth. That is what fasting is. Now, there's a multitude of different forms of fasting uh, where people add water. So that's called water fasting. And then so on and so forth. As you add different things, you kind of classify it differently. But the the bare bones is no food, no water.
1: Great. And you actually touched on where I want to go next. What are the different types of fasting out there?
0: That's a that's a. uh, (laughs) We could probably go on and on for a while. (laughs) That Um, some of the more popular fasts would be juice fasting, Mm -hmm. which is where you you just consume juice and water, and typically these are you know fruits and vegetables. Um, Then you could do a liquid fast, which would include like soups you know, just anything in a liquid form. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, dry fasting, which is, is, is um, technically like real fasting. They just call it dry uh, because we do, you know, water fasting nowadays is the popular thing. But dry fasting is what you would consider the traditional fast, which is no food or, or water.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then you've got intermittent fasting, which is very popular right now. It's really popular among fitness professionals and people who are teaching, you know, about bodybuilding Mm -hmm. where you you pretty much choose a block of time in your day where you're not going to consume food. So, you know, oftentimes people choose a a 16 hour window of time. um, That's like the most popular. Mm -hmm. And you can include the time that you sleep so you could cheat a little bit. Right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then the the other the other um, portion of your day you can eat. So you in that example, you'd have eight hours to eat Mm -hmm. and then you have alternate day fasting, which is how it sounds. You alternate alternate. So you do 24 hour fasts every other day. You've got one meal a day, which is OMAD. And that that's pretty popular. I think it's a really good method where you just eat one meal per day Um, and each each fast has its own kind of benefit and um focus and then there's a there's another type of fast that that i kind of came up with me and me and my brother and we call it hybrid fasting and that's really a combination of um two or three different fasting techniques that you use um in tandem to help you kind of complete a prolonged Mm -hmm. fast
1: So, you talk about the benefits, each one having uh, different benefits. So, what are some of the benefits of fasting?
0: Well, okay, as a blanket statement, you know, people always ask me, Chris, what, what, I have this disease or this problem. Can fasting help with this? And my answer is almost always yes. Mm. Fasting what fast the the power of fasting comes from allowing the body to to rest and take the energy that it would typically you know use towards digesting food and other processes to heal okay. so it it helps with pretty much everything, but some of the highlights number one would be weight loss. It is probably the healthiest uh, most efficient way to lose weight um You don't have to add any pills or anything extra to it. The body just has this amazing way of, you know, detoxifying and releasing uh, all of that excess weight. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, my brother, what really got us into fasting was my brother was diagnosed with prediabetes. And the the doctor told him that in in three months he needed to come back to see her because she was going to start his medication. And I, I just th- I thought that was crazy. I was just like, man, so you're you're not technically diabetic yet, even though he was showing you know a lot of the symptoms mm-hmm. uh, but there was no plan to stop him from becoming diabetic. It was just like, yeah, you're gonna be a diabetic and this is what your medicine's gonna look like yeah so we were able to actually completely stop that that diabetic um, progression in his tracks. He's no longer pre-diabetic um, we've reversed all of the symptoms that he was feeling. So he had, he was, well, he was dealing with, uh, you know, some impotency. Uh, He had sleep apnea. Um, uh, He had a, um, some uh, nerve, nerve issues. Uh, I just, just so many, so many different issues that, that he had, that we were able to deal with. Mm -hmm. I've had, um, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know (laughs) how specific we can get. I've, I've had, uh, individuals with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. uh, report that they had been in pain every single day for 18 years. And by adopting a regular fasting regimen, and of course, we we coupled the fasting with um, dietary strategy as well. Mm-hmm. But finally, she was able to, to experience a, a pain-free life. So um, we've had multiple women in our group who were infertile. The doctors told them that they can't have children or her and her partner had been trying to have children for three years, 10 years. Uh, Even my sister Mm. uh, was told that she was infertile. And all of these women have reported either becoming pregnant or being able to conceive. Mm. So the, the sky's the limit. It seems like, you know, um, I, it's probably an easier question to ask what, what fasting doesn't help with.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I will say that I am um, a fan of fasting. I've been doing it for many years now and um, I also do what is called extended fasting. Um, and the clarity I have after seven mm. days, 10 days, I, I, I've heard it referred to a lot as brain fog it's just mm-hmm. lifted. Like, I love that euphoria. Like, there hasn't been um, a match to it. Like, I feel like I can save the world <laughs> when I
2: complete
1: uh, an extended fast. Um, so it, I definitely know in my own life the benefits of fasting. Um, I want to ask this because I see the question a lot um, in your group, um, A Healthy Alternative and just in fasting groups and talks um, in general. So people ask, will this break my fast? Will that break my fast? Um, what are some things, what are some common things that people ask about breaking, um, will it break a fast? And is it a yes or no on those?
0: <laughs> common thing. <laughs> uh, that, that question is is one of them questions where, I mean, I've had people ask, I've had people ask, "Will will drinking, you know, uh, alcohol break their fast? <laughs> so it's hard to know when people are being serious. Right. But, right. you know, um, some of the valid questions are taking medica- um, not taking, taking vitamins. Mm-hmm. You know, can you can you take vitamins on the fast? Will that affect the fast? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I drink carbonated water? That's a pretty popular one. Mm-hmm. People tend to want to, I don't know, drink carbonated water or, you know, can I, can I uh, put lemon in my water? Yes. Um, I just recently was asked, can I put chia seeds in my water? <laughs> um, you know, can I have tea during yeah. my fast? Uh, a lot of people actually assume that they can just have coffee or whatever else on their fast. Some people ask, um, I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've had people ask me, can they chew gum? Mm-hmm. uh and and another one I actually got a lot and I actually recently got it was can I brush my teeth on my fast mm. you know so I get a, a a wide variety of questions about you know what you can what you can have on your fast what you can't have there's it, it's there's so many people disseminating information and it gets very confusing and people don't know who to trust who's correct right so I'll do my best to be clear and kind of blunt with this, Mm -hmm. um, when what, what you're allowed to have on your fast is going to be determined by the type of fast you're doing. Right. So as we spoke earlier, you know, if you're doing a, a dry fast or a, a true fast, right. Where you're not drinking or eating, Mm -hmm. then you can't consume anything. You know, you you can't consume anything. Okay. That Mm -hmm. will break your fast. If you are doing a water fast, then you don't drink anything or you don't add anything to your water. You don't have herbs or tea or coffee. You just drink water because that's a water fast and that's the, right? Um, Now, if you're doing a liquid fast, and this is the reason why I made the distinction between a water and a liquid fast, then you could do coffee and you could do tea and you could do broths. Uh, You know, there's a wide variety of things that you could take in a liquid form. And once again, you know, there's varying levels of benefits. So, you know, just to kind of give you maybe a frame of reference, Mm -hmm. if if, let's say your goal was weight loss, because I know that's like one of the most popular topics. Mm -hmm. If you were doing a dry fast, you could experience weight loss ranging from three to four pounds a day on average it's really really powerful powerful for weight loss mm-hmm. um, now if you were to do a water fast that average goes from 3 to 4 day 3 to 4 pounds down to 1 to 2 pounds depending on the duration of the fast right okay if you were to do a juice fast then that that goes down from you know, two to three, uh, two, three pounds a day or one to two pounds a day down to half a pound to a pound a day. Mm-hmm. And so you could see the more you add to your fast, the, the less effective it is. Exactly. And that that that's across the board. So if you're looking to, you know, reverse some disease or, you know, whatever, whatever your, whether it's mental yeah, clarity.
2: Health.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, it, everything is going to kind of be reduced by whatever you consume, because the power of fasting, the benefit comes from allowing the bi- di- digestive system to to rest.
1: Talking about dry fasting now, I, I've heard uh, that there needs to be a couple limitations on how long you do that. Could you speak to that?
0: Okay. Dry fasting is. I, I the the key to dry fasting is really in the preparation. Oh. Um, the the goal in prepping for a dry fast is hydration. You really have to become well hydrated because obviously you're not going to be drinking water, and so what what really limits the the length that you could do a dry fast safely is going to be based on how hydrated you are. Mm. And part of the reason why my emphasis is on hydration is because oftentimes we think drinking water equals hydration. And that's just simply not true. The water that we consume nowadays is so extremely different from the, like getting water from a natural source, um, you know, just the the molecule size of the water, Uh, most of the times we're drinking bottled water and tap water. This is called bulk water. So the water cannot penetrate into the cells. You're not hydrating unless you're getting water into the cells. So learning about techniques, how to actually hydrate, that allows you to do longer um, dry fasting sessions. Mm -hmm. But for someone who isn't, you know, either hasn't done any prep work or has done very little prep work or just wants to try it and is not really sure, you probably shouldn't be doing anything more than 24 hours to about, I would say, 72 hours at the most. Okay. I mean, that that's, that's really way more than what you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, if you've done some prep work, you're hydrated well, uh, you know, still, still keeping it reasonable. I mean, six days, that's a pretty intense dry fast yeah. because you, um, the, the thing about dry fasting, what separates it from water fasting or anything else is the intensity at which your body releases toxicity. Mm-hmm. The, the actual dry fast itself tends to be easier to do because you don't get the hunger pangs because your digestive system is just you know completely at rest, mm-hmm. but you do get heavy, heavy detox symptoms, and of course you know you could experience a, a wide variety of detox symptoms, and that can become dangerous. You know, I guess my my biggest concern would be like fainting,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, you know, be, if you're doing something at the time and you you just kind of your blood pressure gets too low or whatever the case may be, and you faint, then that could be uh, dangerous. So you just have to be careful. Um, but there have been people, you know, if I'm just speaking frankly, there's people who have dry fasted for much longer than, you know, six days. I had a guest on the show who would do 10-day dry fasts. Oh, wow. And now he was he was um, 400 pounds. Mm. And so, you know, one of the things that allows people to fast longer is having so much excess body fat mm-hmm. because the body will utilize that as a resource if it needs to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess one one point to understand is that if you are smaller, if you don't have as much excess body fat, then you want to definitely keep your dry fast shorter. Okay.
1: You talked about detox syndrome or symptoms, I should say. And um, I've heard some people. You're like, "Oh, I can't do a fast because you know I I I feel bad, you know, immediately." So mm-hmm. you know, my doctor said, "Don't do a fast." Um, what are some common detox symptoms that you should expect? Like, it's not a sign that you know you need to stop fasting. Um, these are things that just happen um, when you fast, especially if you're beginning. So your body's starting to get rid of a lot of different things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, detox symptoms are, are far ranging as well because what, what an individual person has experienced is going to kind of determine how you detox, how quickly and what you experience. Some of the common detox symptoms would be headaches, um, vomiting, diarrhea uh um dizziness especially like when you kind of stand up too fast you feel a little dizzy or off balance mm. um it, it's i mean depending depending on the individual and i don't want to scare anybody but you know this this does happen hair fall hair fall can certainly happen and you know one thing that i usually tell people is that when when that when that does happen due to fasting, the hair does come back; it does grow back. But when you shock your system, you know, by doing a fast and and maybe not doing the prep work and not laying a foundation for it, yeah, sometimes sometimes the body reacts that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you can you can experience. There is there is this thing that people call fasting insomnia. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> I. <laughs> I look at it as a good thing because I believe that everything in, in life is really all about perspective. Mm-hmm. But you get this extra energy. You mentioned the, the clarity, but yeah. um, oftentimes people experience this energy that kind of goes along with the clarity as well. And you can't sleep at night. So yeah. people are like, oh, I have insomnia. <laughs> and it's just, they want to take melatonin and they want to take something. But it's like, no, you're just your body is just has a surplus of energy because it it uses so much energy to digest food. Um, Oftentimes when people very first start fasting, they get to kind of benefit from that excess energy. And I just say, put it to work. Do something productive. You just regain two extra hours out of your day. Right. So.
1: My attic is um, almost a completed meditation room now. <laughs> because of the, the extra energy that um, I'm experiencing. I know that uh, when I do extended fasts, and usually I do it within the care of a, a fasting facility, um, mm-hmm. I sometimes get what's called like a um, fasting rash. Where yep. you know your body is just kind of getting rid of toxins, and its biggest organ, are, you know, is skin, so mm-hmm. um, you get rid of a lot of things. And um, I personally haven't experienced it, but I've been um, I've been at a retreat where someone has had like um, a, they call it like a healing crisis or um, the emotional part a lot mm-hmm. of times that fasting. Is not only a purging of you know toxins within the body, but also toxins of the mind, like mental the clarity, the extra energy, and your mind starts to process, and your body begins to process some of the emotional aspects, and so um, that can happen. And and I now that I think about it, there was one time I um, I was fasting, and I got. I received some acupuncture for my lower back and um, I finished, I was fine. I went and I was having a conversation with the director of the center and I said, hold on a minute. I said, I, I think I'm going to cry. And <laughs> she, like, okay. And I cried like ugly cried for like <laughs> five minutes and nice. I was like, I am so sorry. I don't even know what that is. And she was like, It happens sometimes. <laughs> your body is releasing, and it's you know, it's like, well, since we're getting rid of stuff,
2: <laughs> right?
1: Get rid of this. So, yeah. um, so that can that can happen as well. And it's not something that's bad. It's you know, your body purging things that it doesn't need. So,
2: it can actually yeah. Be-
0: I, you know, um, I wanted to speak on both points, the rash and the mental purging,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, starting with the rash. So like you mentioned, the skin is the largest organ. And what happens is when we don't and, and this is why preparation is so key and there's there's different levels to the preparation as well. Mm-hmm. But by going in ahead of time and clearing the elimination pathways, we can kind of help to mitigate some of this, uh, some of the detox symptoms. Because essentially what happens is as your as your body is flushing, um, you know, the toxicity out of the fat cells and out of the different tissues in your body, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't have a clear pathway out, then the body will use the skin or or any method that it really has to to get that stuff out because it's got to get rid of it. And so people do experience some really extreme rashes. I've seen. Where pimples, uh, those little whitehead pimples, popped up all over individual's body, all over their body. Oof. You know, so this is why I, when I talk about fasting, I always talk about prepping because like, I can't guarantee that you won't experience something like that because the individual who had this happen had years and years of constipation, and so mm-hmm. that that causes you to to hold on to a lot of toxicity, but we'll do our best to, to help mitigate that, that sort of thing. But it's perfectly um, normal or common, I should say. And the the best thing you could do is leave it alone. Um, That, that healing crisis that happens and and causes people to have this, this flush of, of, um, you know, emotion. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful because Essentially, you don't even need to know that something is wrong with you on that right. level, but the body knows, right? And yeah. so, without any fancy degrees or any real explanation, your body's just like, gotta let this go, gotta let that go. And what happens is, you exp- This is where a lot of the core issues that we deal with come from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have an energetic, a physical, and a, a mental being, and each one of these you know, parts of us can be affected and traumatized. And if we only focus on one aspect, you know, we might be experiencing a physical pain that stems from a mental trauma. Yes. And so this is what makes fasting so powerful as like just an overall wellness uh, technique. Yes, very much so. Um,
1: you talked a little bit about um, like our current day water and, um you know, how it's vastly different from water of, you know, years gone by. So can we talk a little bit about that? Like if I'm going to embark on a water fast, um, are there waters that I should steer clear of? Um, and are there waters that kind of stick out in your mind as superior or better waters to um, ingest?
0: Okay all right um this is a this is a <laughs> this is a big topic so a couple of really simple kind of rules of thumb when it comes to water if it comes in plastic, you don't wanna be drinking it. I don't care if it's b p a free I don't care if it's food grade plastic I don't care what level the plastic is. you don't wanna be drinking anything out of uh you know a container. That is, you you don't know what's in the plastic. Mm. We like we're we're taught that you know like if you purchase a a, a, a you know, candy bar or some bread or whatever a product from the store, it has an ingredient list on it, and all of the ingredients that's on the list is what's in that product. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing for plastic or you know anything else. You 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 you're being told what's in it, but you don't actually know what's in it. You don't know how synergistically these different components that make up this product could potentially affect you. You just don't know. So you don't want anything to have the ability to leach into the water. So that's just like a good rule of thumb. Something non-porous like glass, um, you know, something inert like clay Mm -hmm. or organic like a skin. You know, these are these are things that you could drink out of and, and you know, feel OK about. But even sometimes, you know, glass is made with lead. It's just it, it just depends. So you got to be very careful. But when one of the pitfalls that I fell into was the alkaline water. Mm. It's super popular right now. Yes. You know, every, everybody's talking about it. There's devices and there, there's all ways to manufacture it. But what they don't tell you is there's a difference between, um, you know, a a naturally occurring higher pH water Mm -hmm. and the store bought alkaline water. So oftentimes what they're doing is they are chemically alkalizing the water. Uh. So now you have chemicals, you have additional chemicals in the water that are raising the pH. It's like, well, you know, bleach is what, like 14, 12 or 14 pH or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, does that mean it's good to drink? No, we know that's not good to drink. Right. So, if I put a little bleach in your water to raise the the pH of the water, is that better water? No. And you know, there's there's a lot of things being done to the bottled waters that just you just simply do not know. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to purchase water from a store in that form, I would say definitely go for glass. Uh, do your best to purchase something that is as pure as possible. So, my recommendation is distilled because there's nothing in the water by your definition. It's, if it's distilled, there's nothing in the water. Um, a secondary option would be to get distilled water in a plastic container mm-hmm. because, number two, or, you know, like I said before, there's nothing in the water. So, if you're going to get something out of a plastic container, at least start with. Nothing in the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. water's kind of like a sponge. It's Mm -hmm. like if you if you fill a if you fill a sponge up with you know all sorts of whatever bad stuff, it's gonna hold on to it. And then when 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 the person comes to drink it or ring that brings that sponge out, all that stuff gets left, right? right? But if the sponge is empty. So in the case of like distilled water, where the sponge is empty, there's nothing in it, then the, the water has the ability to go into your system and collect contamination out of your system, not leaving anything behind, but taking bad stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so it has that, that cleansing ability.
1: That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: So the best way to get your water, in my opinion, is to manufacture it at home, which You know, sounds like a lot of work, but it's not. And then once you get everything kind of in order, it's really simple. So i got a distiller so that I could distill my tap water. That saves me a little bit of money because once again, if you're distilling it, you're taking everything out of it. Um, Reverse osmosis is also good. It takes out mostly everything. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, I I, um, will typically run my water through a water structuring device. This device literally just mimics water tumbling down a mountain or in, uh, in a river oh. and that motion is what what energizes the water aerates the water and it helps to reduce the molecule size so that it can be absorbed into the body hmm. then i put the water in a clear glass jar and i set it out in the sun hmm. and i let the sun energize the water furthering that process of you know reducing the molecular structure of the water Mm-hmm. And also adding all of that good energy from the sun. Mm-hmm. the The beautiful thing about water is, is it has nearly an infinite capacity for storage. So there's this this um, idea or theory that water has memory. It's called it's called water memory. Mm-hmm. And essentially, water is a crystalline structure, so it has the ability to absorb information. And this is this is uh, vibration and frequency. Mm -hmm. And so anything that the water comes in contact with, it remembers it. And so by by taking it through this process, you're able to essentially reformat the water or erase all of the memory, whatever is on it. And that includes, you know, um, drugs and medications and, you know, all kinds of stuff that we find in our tap water rocket fuel. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. -hmm. And then the sun further breaks down any inorganic materials or or compounds, um, and releases it, and allows you to experience water in in a form that most of us haven't. We we just not we don't we don't do this. We don't drink our water from a natural body, so we don't get to experience this. And it is it is transformative. It really is. The very first time I took my water through this process, I was on a long fast, so my taste buds were very sensitive. Mm. And I w- I was able to taste a faint faint sweetness in my water. It blew my mind.
2: Cool. Mm.
0: So, um, that's the process I take my water through. It may sound extreme. It may sound like this guy's crazy, but you know, at the end of the day, hydration or dehydration—the lack of hydration is one of the core issues that that causes so much disease in the body. Right. I've been able to help people who had chronic headaches, you know, were were so jacked up that they couldn't go out in the sunlight because it would make them nauseous and, you know, dizzy and all this. And we just put them on distilled water for, you know, 30 days. Not even a fast, we just removed all the other liquids, put them on distilled water. And they cleared up that that issue that they have been dealing with for ten years. So that's powerful. Water is important.
1: Yeah. So these um, uh, mechanisms for purifying the water. <clears throat> excuse me. Did you get these like on Amazon? Like, <laughs> where could they get these uh, these devices?
0: Okay. So the water the distiller I I did get off Amazon they're really popular you can find them I think you can even pick them up at the local department stores but one thing I will say is I did go through a couple different devices because they're not all created equally right so what I found was you typically are going to need to buy a device that um, you wanted to distill the water slowly so some of them will claim to distill water in like four hours or four and a half hours. You really want it to be stilling, the, distilling the water, you know, maybe five and a half, six hours. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the contaminants in your water, as, as it, it's distilled, it's going to release the steam and then the steam is collected into a jar. If the distiller dist- distills it too fast or um, if the distiller runs dry by the end of the process— all of the contamination will start to burn and then it'll enter into your water as well. So you will tell that it's, it's not doing a good job because it, it will taste funny. Distilled water should taste very pure, very clean. Mm-hmm. shouldn't really have any, you know, kind of specific taste to it. But, um, you know, I got that, I got mine off Amazon. Uh, it's a, it's a mega home distiller. I think it was a couple hundred dollars. Now, you could, you could spend more and get it better because mine is certainly not the highest quality. You could get it better. You get the in-house distillers that are designed to distill for the entire house. Um, there's many different options, but I would just say spend a little extra now. You'll save that money because you know you spend you know, 30 cents to a dollar on a bottle of water, depending on how you buy it. So okay. you'll end up saving that. The water structuring devices, I actually... Um, I became affiliated with a uh company called the Wellness Enterprise that is a hub for several different types of water structuring devices. And so you can get the the um the actual devices from my my website a healthyalternative.org in the shop mm-hmm. area. I do have a few of those devices there, the ones that I personally use and and kind of promote.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: but you can also find those on amazon and different different places you know that they, they have them available but once again all these devices are not created equal so i have my recommendations for a reason i've, I've spent a lot of money researching this stuff and the ones i use are the ones that i know have worked
1: Talk a little bit about uh, you talked about like a hybrid type of fasting you and your brother um, created or came up with. Could you talk about that particular process?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're always experimenting and, and looking for the best ways to lose weight or, you know, depending on an individual's goal, whether you want to deal with mental trauma or you know, um, heal a particular disease, whatever your goal is, we're always messing around with stuff to kind of see what's the best method for fasting. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes people want to deal with energetic and mental trauma, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately when you fast, if you just do, let's say you did, um, an alternate day fasting schedule where you would fast one day, eat the next day, and let's say you did that for sixty days. So mm-hmm. over the over the span of sixty days, you would have done thirty days of fasting. Well, unfortunately, the benefits and the power of fasting—they don't—they don't. It's it's you can't stack it like that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So so a thirty a, a total of thirty days every other day for six for you know sixty days. That's not the same as fasting for thirty days straight. Right. Those are that's two completely different things, mm-hmm. so we were we were looking for a way to help people prolong their fasts, um, while you know while reducing the burden the 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 detox symptoms and just the overall difficulty of the fast. Mm-hmm. So what I what I decided to do was to combine um, dry fasting, juice fasting, and water fasting. And each one of these fasts have played different roles and create different responses in the body. So, for example, dry fasting, while it is probably the most challenging fast in the way of, you know, just being able to, to, to do it for long durations just because of how in- intense the detox symptoms become. Right. It's easy in the sense that if you're dealing with intense hunger pangs, like if you're if your main issue with not being able to do a prolonged fast is just the simple fact that you get hungry, you can utilize dry fasting to help to mitigate that, because when you dry fast, when you're not eating or drinking, the hunger pangs to subside. Mm-hmm. So you know now you can't, but you can't do the you can't do the dry fast for thirty days. It's, right. that's really, really challenging to do. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's done that. Yeah. So, so what you do is you, you kind of go jump back and forth between the water and the juice in order to, to, um, prolong it. Mm-hmm. So one example, or at least this, this is, this is what I did. So I kind of like make this as clear as possible for people. Um, I did a 30 day fast hybrid fast. Mm hmm. Um, I did ten days juice, ten days water, ten days dry. But the way that I, that I utilized the different you know fasting methods was based on how I felt. So I started off with a uh, water fast. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to feel really kind of like the hunger pangs creeping up to, on me, I would then shift to a dry fast. Now, you've already started with the water, so that, that kind of prepped you as far as hydration, making sure that you're well hydrated. Mm-hmm. Then you hit, you know, two or three days of um, dry. And then when you start to feel like the, you're, you're getting thirsty again or the detox symptoms are just kind of becoming too intense, then you could switch back to water, okay? You always break your dry fast with water. Always, always, always. And you always want to make sure that you sip your water slowly. You never want to guzzle water after a dry fast because you literally have to give your esophagus and your body a chance to get used to drinking again. Right. So then you give yourself about a day of of um, water, and then I would roll into a juice fast. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and when you do your juice fast, your goal is not to drink you know, a ton of juice, really what you're doing during the hybrid fast is just supplementing with juice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might, you might just do like a meal replacement kind of deal where you, you drink three 16 ounce uh, jars of juice uh, per day for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And so just, it just depends. If, if you get to a place, you're doing your water and you're, you're feeling kind of, dizzy or faint, or maybe you just have a strenuous job and, you know, maybe you got a big project and you need to be more alert, then you switch to juice. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really understanding the benefits of each fast and how to kind of chain them together. But, um, it makes doing a 30 day fast very, very easy. And so you get the benefits of each of these fasts and you get to prolong it.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, I know the answer to this, but just for clarity, um, can I just go into the grocery store, grab a carton of orange juice, a bottle of apple juice, and use those for my juice (laughs) fast?
0: No. And I'm surprised that I've actually just been saying juice. So usually I I make sure to say fresh squeezed juice (laughs) um, because... You know, I, I, people were, people were telling me that they were fasting with Tropicana and simply <laughs> lemon. And I was just like, Oh man, like you can't, that's not real juice. No, <laughs> uh, no, you want, you want fresh squeezed juice. And the reason why is because, okay. So we, we talked about, you know, getting, getting the water, the, the molecular size, the, 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 molecule size of the water. You want to get it down. You want to get it small so it can be absorbed into the cells. But plant life already has this cellular water in it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a shortcut. You hydrate really, really well off of plant fluid, water, juice, or whatever you might squeeze from a plant. And so um, that that helps tremendously with, with the hydration. In addition to that, now if you're drinking let's say you're drinking like orange juice something sweet, you know, people don't want to deal with with sugar oftentimes, but there's a major distinction between, you know, natural sugar and highly refined processed sugar. Mm-hmm. And the the refined processed sugar is what you're going to find in Tropicana and those types of products. So that will be detrimental to your fast, whereas the natural fruit sugar that you get from you know, oranges and apples and things are less impacting, much less impacting. And then, of course, they, they give you that cellular water so that you hydrate well. Mm-hmm. So they're two completely different products.
1: Right. And when we say juice, is it just fruit?
0: OK, so um, let's clarify, because I use I use fruit in the the way that it should be used, not what we're necessarily used to. So there's a lot of confusion about what a fruit is, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's due to you know our culinary arts and just marketing and things like that. But I define a fruit as the plant, the the ovaries of a plant. Mm-hmm. So if you take a um, you know a grape, a grapevine, for example, the ovaries of the plant would be the grapes, right? And the ovaries are always going to have seeds in them. And then anything else would be considered a vegetable. So the leaves, the stems, the roots, you know what I mean? Every, pretty much everything else is considered a vegetable and then the ovaries of a plant. So what that means is tomatoes are fruit, avocados are fruit, fruit, cucumbers are fruit, eggplants are fruit,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so you do not have to juice apples, oranges, peaches, pears. You could juice cucumbers and uh, you know you celery. Can, uh, can celery celery is um it's very popular <laughs> you know um a couple years ago, one of my members told me that all the celery was sold out in her in her local grocery store because someone had been promoting a celery uh juice cleanse <laughs> or whatever but yeah you can you could juice i mean you could even juice leaves and things. the thing about juicing leaves is that the yield is so low on a leaf or so you have to buy so much of it, Mm -hmm. but you could certainly do, I mean, people juice ginger. They, they juice, you could
1: juice. I grow my own wheatgrass and it's the seed is cheap and it's abundant. Now, like you said, you get low juice yield, but um, it's pretty easy to grow. And when you mix it with other, you know, fruits, then you're, you're fine as far as making your juice.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So um, now you mentioned uh, a healthy alternative, and do you also do um, like private consultations, or is it, or you just do presentations? How does that work?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm kind of developing different services and and things as we go along based on the need. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I do offer one-on-one consultations. Mm-hmm. The consultations are not to be confused with coaching. Um, I have um. I know there's a need for for coaching, so I'm going to be developing a coaching program soon. But for right now, I offer consultations where you can you know speak to me for you know thirty minutes an hour, whatever the case may be, and we could talk about. You know, identifying the core issues, whether they're dietary, lifestyle, et cetera, and then how to address those issues. we uh, talk about dietary strategies, fasting strategies, and then because of how I like to learn um i I do my best to explain in depth everything that I'm telling an individual to do so they understand why they're doing it. Mm. I tend to find that that's that's you know, much better for people to digest. I don't want to just tell you, hey, you should be drinking, take do all this stuff to your water and and drink a gallon a day. And people are like, but that sounds like a lot. I don't need to do that. I'll just go do this over here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get to do that one on one, and then I have a um, an academy, mm-hmm. which you know is kind of like a it's 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 kind of like a social media platform. Mm-hmm. So we have a whole community there. And what I've done is developed courses where I elaborate more on um, preparation different techniques. Uh, and then we also talk about outside of just uh, fasting and, and dietary strategy, we talk about other healing modalities that I have found that I believe are very beneficial. And uh, we talk a lot about water on there, too, mm-hmm. you know, really learning how important water is because it's like you know the earth is 75% water the the body is 75 to 99% water depending on how you look at it mm-hmm. and we we start our life in amniotic fluid which is like 90 95% water and so nature is telling us that water is very important so i like to emphasize that you know during my my teaching process
2: awesome
1: and so if someone wants to to learn more about fasting and about alternative um, healthy ways of living, um, what are some ways that you um, offer? I know that you do the consultation and then there's a Facebook group.
0: Yeah. So I've got quite a few platforms. Uh, You can pretty much find me anywhere. So uh, we have YouTube, which is uh, one of our premier platforms. Uh, It's called A Healthy Alternative. I've got over 200 videos on there. And I have playlists where, you know, I've got playlists where you can kind of focus on different aspects of my information, whatever it is that kind of resonates with you. Mm -hmm. Then I've got the uh, website, healthyalternative.org, where it's kind of like a hub where you can access many of my other platforms through there. You can also access the academy through there, through my courses tab. Um, you could also go to the academy directly by going to ahafastingacademy.com, and then we have the Facebook group, which is a Healthy Alternative on Facebook. Um, I also have a an essential oils group on Facebook called AHA Essential Oils, and you know we we f- primarily focus on talking about the benefits of essential oils or herbs, which is you know really. Um, in my opinion, nature's medicine. Mm. And um, I'm really blown away by how powerful the the herbs are and and the essential oils are the lifeblood of a plant. And then lastly, we have an Instagram page that I'm actually uh, looking to to, uh, increase the followers on there. And that's a.healthy.alternative on Instagram.
1: Awesome. We might have to have you back to talk about essential oils
0: uh yes, I, I, I've been blown away by the essential oils. I couldn't believe that. I, I only just learned about the power of them about eight months ago. And I'm just, I'm so in love with the information. Awesome. Um,
1: I do. I just wanted to touch on one more thing you talked about. Uh, you just stated um, a gallon a day and we've heard that and we've heard yes, we've heard no through um, media and um, different people. What's your take on that on the gallon a day?
0: There's a reason why you hear a gallon a day so much mm-hmm. and it's not it's not necessarily that you need a gallon of water a day. The problem it goes back to what I said earlier is that we're drinking bulk water. The body will only process about 3% of the water we drink. That's oh. why you could drink a gallon of water a day and still be dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So it the, the I think the reason that people promote a gallon of water a day is because the more volume you're taking in, that percentage equates to more hydration. So if you're if you're hydrating efficiently, you don't have to drink as much. But even I still recommend a gallon be, because we're not hydrating efficiently. We're yeah. not doing these things. And you you know you consider your audience. You're speaking to a large uh, group of people from various backgrounds, and and you know. Different resources, so you know the gallon. The gallon of water a day has been proven to be very beneficial to individuals. Whether you're drinking distilled water or filtered water, although we still do recommend the distilled water, it's been the most kind of potent or powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the key is to remember that even with drinking a gallon. You you really got to be sipping your water slowly. The body will only absorb about sixteen ounces an hour. The rest you're just going to pee out. Oh. So you need to you know if you we all know if we if you just down a half gallon of water you just on a run or whatever the case may be it won't be long before you're in the bathroom.
2: Right. If
0: you if you take your time, you know, the first thing in the morning you have yourself maybe sixteen ounces to get going because we lose so much uh, water in our breath at night, and then throughout the day, every hour or two, you just kind of sip on about 16 ounces every hour or two, you'll get the gallon in really, really easy. It won't be difficult. You won't have to go to the bathroom as much, which is um, indicates that you are actually absorbing that water. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't, it's not a hassle. And what I found is after you're consistent with this process, you do get to a point where you are well hydrated and you don't require nearly as much water. And then you can kind of go based off of, uh, you know, how you, how you feel. So, yeah. And
1: Like you said, there's a difference between hydrating with water straight off the shelf and water that's gone through the process that, that you do with your water.
0: Yeah. They're they're two completely different products. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like comparing tea and coffee. Yeah. You know, there's two completely different products. We think, we think water is water. All waters is created equal for those who think that all water is created equal. Cause I, I have friends who kind of will argue with me about this. Get, get a distiller. Most, most places will allow you a 30 day money back guarantee or something like that. Get you a distiller and test for yourself. And and put your tap water in the distiller and then at the bottom of this distiller, look at what you have left over and tell me if that's not the most disgusting thing. You end up with this water that smells putrid. It looks like orange or or, or like, um, I, I don't know, like like an orange reddish color. And then um, what you'll find is after you've run your distiller several times, you'll find that it starts to create a calcium buildup in the bottom of the distiller. And these are just all indicators of what's in the water that we're drinking every single day. This is also why you could take a shower and, and feel dried out. You know, that, that whole idea of hard water, that's yeah. not just something. Like, that's that's real. Like, that, there's something wrong with your water. There's something in there that doesn't belong in there. Calcium and different minerals are causing you to, to feel dried out. It also clogs up your uh, plumbing, and you'll find a lime and – rust building up in your toilet and all of this stuff we have to pay attention to this is all in your water you're then drinking that and then what do you think is happening in your body the same way that the rust builds up on the toilet or the you know limes builds up or the scale builds up or whatever the case may be that happens in your body your body's elimination pathways are clogged and then disease starts to set in so
1: yeah All right. Well, this has been a very informative talk and I appreciate you taking the time to share this knowledge with us.
0: Absolutely. It's been my pleasure.
1: All right. Well, thank you again. And um, hopefully we'll see you again to talk about some oils.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm available. (laughs) All right. Take care. Zinanish, copyrighted podcast and
1: website represent the opinions of Dr. Lakeisha Hudson, Dr. Kiki, Zinanish Incorporated, and or her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical, psychological, or any other advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical, mental, or health concerns. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are Dr. Hudson's and or her guests and do not represent that of their places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. All people and places mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality. This podcast or website should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of the podcast or blogs, please send an email to 423.4.dr.kiki at gmail.com.